Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Well, it's almost 2024. Are any of you happy that 2023 is going to be behind us? Okay. Well, I've got good news for you. I believe that this year in 2024, God has good plans for you. And it's very clear in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity and to give you a future and a hope. So in that, there are good plans that God has for each of us that are going to involve a bright future and an expectation that good things are coming our way. So it is God's desire to bless you with wonderful plans from his heart into your life. But what if there were plans that God had for you in 2023 that never manifested because you never prayed them into existence? What if there were some things that God wanted to manifest and release in your life, but the good plans that God has for each of us just don't come to us by wishful thinking. We can't just be that, well, I just hope that something good happens. What if the things that God is wanting to birth and release in your life is actually to come through a life of prayer? That you're to give yourself to praying into those things that God is revealing to you and is wanting you to have in this new year. So in that, it's really going to require each of us to really engage and step up our game in prayer. Our lives are to be lives of prayer. Our lives are to be ones that are, that are standing before the throne room of God and are crying out to Him for our lives, for our family, for, for our church, for, for this nation. There are many aspects that God, many desires that God has for each of us that are going to come through one avenue. And it's through this whole avenue of prayer that ushers in God's purposes here on earth as it is in heaven. So one thing I want you to realize, or I would like for you to begin to seek the Lord even this week, is this. I want you to begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what are the plans that you have for me in 2024? Don't let this be a, a, a New Year's resolution. Let it be the God plans and let him reveal to you what's on his heart for you in this new year and then begin to engage and put it into prayer and beginning to engage your faith so that these wonderful things begin to come forth. You know, considering a life of prayer, you know, we have to understand God's attitude towards prayer. 
And Proverbs 15.8 says this, the prayer of the upright is his delight. You know, delight's a really strong word, but in that it has, it indicates a, a, a strong pleasure on God's heart. He has a keen interest in hearing your prayers. He's wanting to hear your voice. He's wanting to hear you begin to step out in faith and pray things into existence. And I, I don't want us to be like where we're just experiencing wave upon wave of things that are happening in our life and we have no control over it. We don't want to be like a ship out in the ocean with no rudder or no sail. We need to have a purpose-driven life, life that is birthed out of God's heart and his purposes are manifesting in our lives. And I, you might be a, a teenager or you might be an, an older person in our midst and everyone that is breathing today, God has new plans for you this year because it says that the a man makes his plans, but it's the Lord that directs your steps. So if he already knows the works that he's designed for each of you from the foundation of the world, that we're to walk in these works, there's something where we've got to engage with God to see this come forth. So in that, he wants to release the desires of our heart. And he loves to hear our voice. God loves to hear your voice. I want you to hear this. In 2 Solomon, the bridegroom, who is Jesus, it says in the second chapter, it says, he says, let me hear your voice. Let me hear your voice. I like the sound of your voice. And then in the New Testament, there's many scriptures emphasizing the fact that God wants us to pray and also, he wants you to receive what you pray. He desires for you to pray, and he wants you to have what you pray. So the revealed will of God to all of us is that we should pray, and we should be receiving our prayers. Have some of you been praying about something that you haven't yet seen the answer yet? And how many of you, since you haven't seen the answer, you've given up? Well, what happens when something that you've been praying about and you've stood in faith for, you persevered and the answer comes forth? What does that do to your heart? It fills you with such joy. I mean, listen, I'm a happy camper. When I have been praying about something and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, God breaks through and my heart is filled with such joy. There's such excitement in knowing, wow, he really did hear me. You know, I mean, he really did hear me. You know, I, I have to tell you, I, I, um, this year I, I got a, a call from Courtney and Courtney was shared with Eliza and I. She was really, you know, it was really distraught, sad that her cat that she loved for so many years had run away. And she knew, she thought it was out near the house because she was getting signs that it was coming and 
still eating some food, but the, but the kitty was gone. Well, I knew that that was important to her. And, and so I, I took to prayer. I said, Lord, send them angels. Come on, gather up that little kitty and bring it to the doorstep. I'm like, you know, this little cat has brought her joy, has brought her peace, and I just want to see this cat come home. So a week goes by. I call Courtney. Courtney, has little kitty come home yet? No, he's not come home. No, she's not come home yet. But I'm praying. Well, I said, I'm going to continue to pray with you. We're going to pray this through until that cat comes home. Well, I don't know how many days went by, but it was close to a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Finally, all of a sudden, we get the good news. The kitty came home. And, and you know, the little things matter to God as much as the big things. And so it's important to God. So the will of God is for us to be a praying people that pray all the times, all prayers, in any way we can, we need to be engaging God in prayer. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 8, says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Isn't that good news? And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. His intent and his desire is to bless you, is to release you and, and bless you with your heart's desire. But the key that's going to unlock these good plans that God has for each of you this new year is going to be the key of prayer. It is what unlocks it. Ephesians 6, 18, I want to read to you a couple verses here that really helps kind of put a bow around this whole topic of prayer. Ephesians 6, 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Say all times. In the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. John 15, 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This verse is really an all-inclusive verse because Jesus says, my words, my words. Therefore, any word in the Bible that teaches on the subject Prayer is included in John 15, 7. Let's look at that. Jesus, he said this, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, whatever you desire, and it will be given unto you. You know, this is a, 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 this is a great deal because, uh, if well, if God had just said, Abide in me. We would stand there and think, wow, I mean, that's a good deal. All we got to do is abide. And then he takes care of everything else. He takes care of all our answered prayer. He does all the, all the, the heavy lifting for us. But that's not what he says. After he says, abide in me, 
He says, also, he includes it, let also my words abide in you. That, there's the connotation, the understanding that, that, that prayer, the answer to our prayers is conditional. There's conditions that are coming to this whole issue of prayer. And we have to meet these conditions for our prayers to be answered. So, you know, Eliza and I blessed our children this year with this wonderful two-seater Jeep Wagoneer that they can all, both the kids can get in it, and man, they can ride around the yard, they can go everywhere, man, it's like, it's like, man, if I had one of these when I was a little kid, I'd be like, whoo, shazam, I'd be like happy. But, you know, when I bought it, I thought to myself, uh, eh, it shouldn't be that hard putting it together. Just put a couple, couple it's, you know, it came in a big box. I thought, you know, I'd just snap together a couple pieces, put on the wheels, and it'll be done. Shazam, we'll have a nice Weep Jeep Wagoneer. Well... To my dismay, when I opened the box, there were 100 screws to put this thing together. And it told me that it would only take 90 minutes. Right. It took me four hours. I finally got it assembled. I was saying, where is Chris when I need him? Chris helps me put together everything. But if I had not followed the instructions, the Grands would never have enjoyed this Jeep. There were no shortcuts. I had to follow the manual to a T. Well, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So I want to reiterate something. If you look at that verse, how many U's do you see in that verse? Four. King James Version has five. So as they say in the South, that's a whole lot of U's. <laughs> so I want you to take your finger, and then I want you to point it at yourself. The condition... For your prayers to be answered is right there. You. It's you. It's not on God's part. It's on your part. So there's conditions that basically are to be met for our prayers to be answered. And I want you to understand that there is resident power within you right now. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. That's a whole lot of power. It's resident within each of your hearts, the resurrection power of Christ. So Paul says in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who's able to, to do far more far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So there is resident power within you. But for this power, 
this source of power to be released that is resident within you, conditions have to be met by you for your prayers to be answered. Example, um, I, I came across six or seven conditions in the Scripture. I'm, I'm going to highlight one of them to you. First Peter 3, verse 7 says this, You husbands, likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman. And grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Why? So that your prayers may not be hindered. If we don't approach our wives, husbands, in an understanding way, recognizing that she is a weaker vessel, and that doesn't mean that women are weak at all, it's it's indicating that there's aspects of a woman's life that she's not wired and made to carry some things that a man is to carry. But if a man is expecting her, come on, buckle up, buttercup. Let's get the job done. Come on. Top, 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 top. Come on. If you have too high expectations on your wife to do certain things, that God's not called her to do, but you're not understanding her frame, how she's made, how God has so beautifully made your wife. God says, I'll I'll hinder your prayers. I'll resist you in your prayers. If you are not honoring your wife as an heir, as a co-heir, as being a part of the family of God in the way that she needs to be cared for. He says, I'll hinder you. That's conditional prayer. So, who, who, men, would you like all your prayers to be answered? Okay. Buckle up, buttercup. You better humble yourself. I want to look at a passage in the Old Testament that teaches us further on this issue of prayer. Isaiah 43, verse 25 through 26, gives us insight into the authority that we have in prayer. And verse 25, Isaiah 43, I want you to look at this with me. I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us argue our case together. State your case. State your cause that you may be proved right. God, through Isaiah, spoke this passage to Israel, but it applies to us because now we are God's children. In Romans 8, 16, it says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So now we are children of the utmost high. In Hebrews 9, 12, He explains how the blood of Christ has blotted out our transgressions, cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And I want you to notice that God makes this statement 
I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. You know, I used to think that he blotted out my transgressions and wouldn't remember my sins for my sake. But that's not what he says. God did it for his sake. Think about that. He forgave you of your transgressions for his sake. Why would it be for his sake? Well, one reason is he did it for his sake because he wants to bless you. A father desires to give us good gifts. And the father wants to bless you, and he wants to answer your prayers. But he could not bless you if he didn't blot out your transgressions and your iniquities. So the desire is, is God's desire is that he wants to lavish his love upon you and pour out good gifts unto you. So in that, he forgives you of your transgressions for his sake because his heart's desire is being fulfilled, and that is to bless you. He wants to bless you abundantly. So let's look at Isaiah 43, verse 26. Put me in remembrance. Let us argue our case together. State your cause that we may be, that you may be proved right. So what does God mean when he says, put me in remembrance? In another way of saying it, he says, remind me. And, and you know, I, I find that quite fascinating, you know, because I'm thinking, well, God's not forgetful. And he, he does remember all things. Why are we having to remind God? I mean, it's like, are, are you getting forgetful, God, a little bit here? I mean, why are you asking us to remind you of what you said? And then I, I began to realize that it, it wasn't so much that God was wanting us to remind him. God is challenging us. He's challenging us to understand that he wants us to lay our problems or whatever we're praying about or we're crying out to God for. He says, plead your case to remind him of what he has said and set forth for our cause to state that we might be justified in the issue that we're dealing with. So whatever it is that you're praying about, what he's wanting you to do is find the scriptures that cover your case and lay out the matters before him. He's saying, find the word that I have written and remind me of what it says and what it's told that it will do for you in your life. Find the scriptures, the promises that, that are, are saying the things that you're praying for. God, you said in your word, and you're declaring that back to him. And in that, when you're doing that, you're on a good, solid foundation of faith when you're praying back and reminding God of his word back to him. So in the natural, you know, parents will often 
promise their children something and then say, and don't let me forget. Have you ever done that? Is there a parent here who's ever gave a promise and then told your children, now don't let me forget. What does that mean? Well, the parents, I mean, we want our children to, to remind them of the promises so that we can follow through with our word. So that, you know, dad, you said, you know, we don't want to hear that from our kids. We want to remind our children, we we tell our children, remind me of what I said so that I can fulfill it and come through for you. And trust me, you don't have to remind your children again of that because (laughs) you'll hear the next day, dad, you remember what you said. And then the next day, Dad, you still remember, don't you? Dad! And then all of a sudden, you'll hear, you said, you know, it's coming out. But, but the reality is, is that you don't have to, you know, remind your children to tell them what you said. But in that, what you're doing is that you're, you're pr- proving yourself as faithful and a man of your word and one that will stand beside your word and see it fulfilled. Well, God said, put him in remembrance. So what are we reminding him of? You're reminding him of that you are the one who blots out my transgressions, and I will not remember your sins. God doesn't forget his word or his promises. So why does he say put him in remembrance? When you remind him, you're also reminding yourself. You're reminding yourself that your transgressions have been forgiven. And he's blotted them out. And he's removed them as far as east as west, and he doesn't remember them anymore. And it's important to remind yourself of God's forgiveness because, you know, when you go to prayer, when you go into praying in what are God's plans for you in this new year, the devil will always try to bring up your past failures. He'll always bring up your sin before you. You remember when you did that. And when you begin to entertain those thoughts of what the evil one is saying, I mean, you start to sink like a lead balloon on the inside. When the, when the enemy reminds you of your past and, and you start thinking, well, there's no use for me in God and, and, and God's not going to hear me and God's not going to answer my prayer I, I, I'm no good. I've messed up too badly. No, you haven't. And don't think that way. Put God and yourself in remembrance, saying, yes, I have failed. I've messed up. I've fallen short. But thank you, God, that you said in your word, you blot out my transgressions and you will not remember my sin anymore. Thank you, Jesus. And so in that, when you're, what happens is that 
Is it this guilt, this weight of guilt that's over your life is broken off of you? You're not carrying around the guilt and shame because he forgave you of your transgressions for his name's sake. And that ought to make you just want to shout a little bit because it's all about him. And he just wants to bless you and release the good things that he has for you. So how do you keep from remembering your sin? Well, how does he keep from not remembering your sin? Yeah, honestly, I really don't know. I, and I can't figure out because he's infinite. He's God and I'm not. But the reality is, is that God has an ability to forget it. And it's so wonderful to think that when he forgets it, why do you want to try to remember it? So the reality is it's going to get you out of this hamster wheel of just remembering your past sin and your failures, and it gets you out of the mindset that God's remembering it because he's not. So bringing up your past sin really is a ploy of the devil to defeat you. And he wants to keep you thinking about what you've missed how you've messed up, and the issue is, is that you need to start thinking upon the Scriptures, what the Word says concerning your issue, and bring that before the Lord, and realizing that the enemy's ploy of robbing you has got to stop, because God wants to bless you with good gifts. You know, Isaiah 43, 25, it removes our guilt from our past mistakes. And so how we do that, we, we say a prayer like this out loud. Father, I put you in remembrance. You blotted out my transgressions. You've forgiven my sins, and I stand in your presence as though I have never sinned. You know, that type of prayer gives you faith and confidence in knowing that you're on good ground you're in good standing with God, and you're ready to be a recipient of the wonderful plans that God has for you in your life. You know, prayers that are based on covenant are prayers that get answered. And Jesus made a new covenant with us. And what he has said in his word has to be established and fulfilled because covenant prayers are to be answered. Every single one of them. So in that, Hebrews 8, 6 says this, that we have obtained a more excellent ministry, but as much as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. So if there are better promises... That means there are better rights and privileges and better authority that you have in prayer over your situation. So even though you may have failed, we can still enter into his presence as though sin never existed in our own personal lives. You know, I love what the Passion Translation says. 
In Colossians 2.14, I want to read this to you. He canceled out every legal violation that we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Is that not incredible? When Jesus nailed everything that's written against you, he nailed it to the cross, so your document that's been nailed to the cross is speaking to all those around you. It's been canceled. It's been paid for in full. And that nothing, nothing formed against him shall prosper. So the good news is that you get to walk away free. I mean, that is a reality that Paul came to realize that is, that is given to him by Christ Jesus. One that murdered thousands of Christians and had them burned at the stake. And you got to realize that the guilt that he might have experienced by knowing that, that he was the source of, of many new believers being killed in the early church. The understanding of knowing that all of the indictments and everything that was written against him was nailed to the cross and that it canceled it out and that he was free was a burden that was lifted off of him. And to whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Being free of guilt is a big thing. Being free of feeling shame is a big deal. So the challenge from God for us is to state our case before him with, with the word, with his word. Lord, it is written. And when you plead your case before the, you're basically pleading your case like a lawyer. You're standing before God like a lawyer, pleading with him through a lawyer uses precedents um, and laws to bear their point. You're doing that with the word of God, and in that it shall be satisfied to the judge, for you're free. I want to go back to Ephesians 6.18. It says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times. Does that sound like a lot of prayers? What is your prayer life? Is your, is your prayer life one that is engaging God daily all the time in prayer? And it says, in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. In the Greek, the phrase translated in the spirit, it carries a connotation of being led by the Spirit. I actually like that, being led by the Spirit. You're being moved by the Spirit of God in your prayer life. And Spirit-led prayers release Spirit-led power in your life. When you're flowing in the Holy Spirit and being led by Him, it's releasing this dunamis power through your life that is actually going to bring about the manifestation of your prayer.
So as we approach 2024, I want us to understand that there's some conditional aspects of this. And that is that you must have His Word in you. You must have His Word resident within you. Begin to gather those words based in prayer that is going to be the avenue for you to hold up before God to see the plans that He has for you unfold in this new year. I don't want us to go by another year and next year, all of a sudden I say, well, are y'all glad that 2024 is over with? Wouldn't it be nice to not even hear anybody say anything, but that our response would be, no, it was a great year. Yeah, it might've had a little good, the bad and the ugly, but for the purposes and plans of God for my life, they were fulfilled in 2024. So in that, we are to engage with God and to see God's plans come forth. So I want to just remind you of some things I just talked about. That God has good plans that are revealed for you in 2024. And the flip side of that is you must seek them and go after them, knock for them, ask for them, and don't give up until you have them. Because you have not, because why? You don't ask. You have not because you ask not. So also, I want you to remember that it's God's desire and will to answer all of your prayers for this new year. And I want you to remember that your prayers are conditional. If the word, if his word concerning prayer abides in you, and that really means that you're obeying his word, you're chewing on his word, you're reflecting on his word. His word is, is life to you, life-giving. It's not like, yeah, 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 I know the word. No, it is abiding, residing, living, dwelling within you. Remembering, we also to remember that God has blotted out your sin for his sake so that he might bless you. He wants to bless each of you. We must remember that prayers are to be based in covenant promises. And covenant prayer has to be answered. And remember to plead your case before God like a lawyer. Remind him of his word. And remember to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in your prayers this year. So I'm believing big. For a good year. I'm believing that we're going to have breakthrough. I'm believing that there's going to be healing. I believe that we're going to see the manifestations of God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So I want you this week. I know we're getting ready to enter in the new year tonight. But I want you to take time this week. And ask the Lord for the plans and the desires that he has for you in this new year. Let's don't go into the year with just wishful thinking. Let's go in purposeful. Let's go in knowing what he has for us. And let's begin to see God's manifest power in each of our lives. Because I want to hear a lot of joy in this house. That God is doing great things. 
He's answering our prayers. He's meeting our every need according. Has anybody had any financial miracles this last year? Okay. That's, that's something to shout about. So in that, he did it once. Guess what? He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again this year. So let's just all stand. Father, I thank you and I praise you that, Lord, the best days are ahead. Because, Lord, the road ahead is upward and is shining brighter. And the highway of the righteous is all going upward. And, Lord, I thank you and I praise you that, Lord, you have made us the head and not the tail. That life circumstances are not always to be shaking us and wagging us around. God, I thank you that you've given us all authority, all power in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would give a spirit of wisdom and revelation into the things that you have, the plans you have for each and every one in this room. I'm asking, Lord, that you would unveil, reveal, that the eyes of our heart would understand and know the great things you have in store. So, Father, I'm asking now for the good plans that give us a future and a hope be revealed in the beginning of this year for each of us. And Lord, we will lay our hands to it and we will declare your word and we will see those things manifest in our lives. And Father, I'm asking that you would strengthen each and every one by the power of your spirit in their inner man so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. That we enter into this new year in faith, believing in that all things are possible to them that believe. That Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith and that each and every one be rooted and grounded in love. And that we would come to know with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we might be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. Lord, I thank you that your faith, your power, your love is going to be released in our lives this year. And we are going to experience the fullness of God and what you have for us. So, Father, I'm asking this day that we would saddle up for a faith-filled journey of seeing your plans unfold before our lives. Plans that we might not even know of, that you're getting ready to unfold because you're a good father and you desire to give us good gifts. So we bless you and we praise you, Father. And we thank you in Jesus' name for everything. And Lord, I pray you'd bless and keep each and every one. 
that, Lord, you'd make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. And, Lord, I pray that you would lift up your countenance upon each and every one because you really are in a good mood. And I'm asking that you would give each and every one your peace. And, Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, let your peace come upon that land now. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.